0: Howdy, everybody. I'm Corbin Gregg. On today's episode of Retrospect, I speak with Evan Volbrick, IT manager for the Fordham Observer, about his time working in a pharmacy in Texas throughout the coronavirus pandemic. We also discuss his experience getting the vaccine. This is Retrospect, the official podcast of the Fordham Observer. I am now joined by Evan Volbrecht, IT manager for the Forum Observer, who in the past few months has been working in a pharmacy and as someone working in the healthcare industry in the middle of the pandemic, he has unique experiences in dealing with the coronavirus. Evan, thanks so much for coming on Retrospect today.
1: Hey, good to be here.
0: I guess to start off and give a little bit of context, what has it been like working in the pharmacy throughout the pandemic, either hours or dealing with people in the pharmacy and just what has that work been like?
1: Well. I started working this, there this summer, so I lack the context of what life was like working there before the pandemic, but it's not been ideal. It's not the ideal work environment, I suppose I'd say. At my greatest utilization, I was working 70 hours a week, doing about 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. every day, not including lunch breaks because you don't have time to take those. On any given day, you're doing about 35 COVID tests, administering 35 COVID tests. That's on top of the normal workload of a pharmacy, which is you're you're always understaffed, due the nature of the job, there's that extra responsibility. You're constantly busy. You're constantly answering questions, addressing the anxieties of customers who, for them, you may be the only healthcare professional they've talked to in months due to the cost and risk of going to a doctor's office or a hospital. Um, so besides addressing those concerns, you have to keep up with de- the demands of the physician and while being continually exposed to the, mo- the most likely to be infected members of the population.
0: Another important thing that is a more recent development as we're kind of getting into what I would consider a new phase of the pandemic, I guess, is the distribution of vaccines, right? So as a person who has been working in the healthcare industry, uh, dealing with people with the coronavirus, have you been able to either get a vaccine or get on a list to get the vaccine?
1: I was lucky enough to receive the vaccine. I got my first dose at the end of December and uh, my second dose last week. This time next week, I will be at the time where Moderna, I got the Moderna vaccine where they have estimated that I have uh, full immunity, or to the extent that their vaccine will provide it. There was no organized system for my coworkers and I to get the vaccine, or any healthcare workers that I know of to get the vaccine. There was a clinic across the street, just like a small chain urgent care st- stuff, some primary care doctors that you'd go visit. They got in touch with our pharmacy directly, um, or they got in touch with a pharmacist and offered since they had doses and they knew we qualified as frontline workers, some took, some of us took advantage, some didn't. But it was only because of one person at that location reaching out to us on their own initiative that I was able to receive the vaccine. There is no central planning uh, designating these ma- this many doses to this, this group of workers, this many doses to this hospital. In fact, the clinic that I got it from, after receiving however many doses of the vaccine, they did at first, they were denied any further supplies beyond those needed to give the second doses to their previous patients. The rules for distribution change all the time, especially with the change of uh, regime, Biden's recent order of more supplies. I have no idea, for example, when our pharmacy would get the vaccine, which is the most common question asked by patients that come to us. We have to be prepared for when it shows up at our doorstep, but the rollout has been so haphazard that no one can really know when it is. There's lists at some places. Some places don't take any and, they'll, and they, they'll get in touch with patients that they think are high risk or eligible. They Many places won't take lists or won't contact just because they have no idea if or when they'll receive the vaccine.
0: Yeah, I definitely think that kind of the story of this phase would be the absolute failure to get the vaccine like the last mile that planes ship out and get all of these vaccines to all of these states, and then just from there, it's been kind of a mess getting it actually into people's arms. This whole distribution of the vaccine is something that has been written about endlessly, and there's plenty of people who have given their opinions and plenty of people who have tried to analyze what has gone wrong. In terms of actually getting the vaccine, can you describe from the vaccine uh, any, like, adverse reaction and Uh, just generally what the vaccination process was like.
1: Yeah, I'll preface this by saying, do not let this scare you off. Most people, including most people I know who received the vaccine, do not have this sort of reaction. I'm high risk going into it for other reasons involving allergies, but it wasn't related to that. Just means you have to stay 30 minutes after for them to make sure you don't have like a reaction. The symptoms I experienced were similar to anyone who's going into college gets a meningitis B vaccine. Um, that was that was what the first dose was like. Within a few hours after getting the shot, my arm was sore to the point that I wasn't, um, I couldn't use it with full range of motion. And the night, and that night, um, I had se- severe flu-like symptoms, body aches, chills. I didn't run a fever, but I felt horrible. I couldn't work. I couldn't focus. Um, I was hobbling around with like a blanket, like hope, like trying, just trying to get some tea and like sleep it off. The next day, I was also out of commission. Um, It was about as bad as the meningitis B vaccine, as I mentioned, and uh, well, it sucked, but it was frankly better than getting COVID, I assume. The second dose um, is well-documented by now to be significantly worse for people who have had reactions. That time, I was multiple days, I was in bed, alternating hot and cold. I ran a fever, couldn't get comfortable. My arm, I couldn't move my arm at all without a notable pain. And the day I got it, I had to go home from work early. Um, I couldn't sleep. It was not great. These reactions, they aren't unpredictable. They're not uh, unintentional. It—that it, That is your body's reaction to the the threat of an outside invader. The second dose is worse because your body recognizes the invader right off and starts out with full strength to eliminate the infection before it spreads. The Moderna and Pfizer vaccines both are high in a measure known as reactogenicity, meaning they provoke a very strong immune response to the vaccine itself. Of course, because it's, because the reaction is based off reaction of your immune system, people with weakened immune systems, the people getting the vaccine first, will experience more mild side effects than um, healthy people in the prime of their lives will. My older coworkers experienced less serious effects. My uh, our, my pharmacist, my boss, who is in her late fifties, her she had a sore arm and she had limited range of motion, but she had none of the flu, the serious flu-like symptoms that I suffered. If you're in good shape right now, if you don't get sick that often, you could probably expect the. The um, the vaccine to take it out of you, but if you're if you're already on a list to get the vaccine, if you're already at the front of the queue, I wouldn't worry too much about planning a day off after.
0: Yeah, I think hearing these stories is important too, in like a proper context of like, the importance of getting the vaccine despite these different um, reactions that people can have. I think that it's bad for that kind of narrative of the uh, adverse reactions that some people face getting the vaccine to be dominated by people who want to dismiss the vaccines altogether, right? I think it's good to acknowledge it's like, yes, there are some side effects. This is part of the way we give vaccines. It's going to induce this immune response into you. And because of that, you're going to be better off if you ever deal with a Coronavirus infection, right? I think it's important to talk about those types of things before bad actors or say anti-vaxxers get a hold of these like stories of adverse reactions. And I'm sure like everybody has already seen these types of stories on Twitter.
1: Of course. And I want to be clear, when I'm describing my reaction to the vaccine, that's I'm talking about my physical symptoms. If you want the whole picture, how I felt after getting the vaccine, physically, I felt horrible. I was staying up all night. I had fevers and chills, ached all over my body. But mentally, I cannot overstate how incredible it feels to have this weight lifted from your shoulders, to have the, the, there's this fear that at some point you don't even realize has been baked into you of this constant weight of, I have to make sure that my hands are clean. I have to make sure that I'm not touching my face. Limit my exposure, make sure I'm wearing a mask. I can't take this home to my family. What happens if I get it and give it to my grandmother who just went through chemo? There's so much fear in every fiber of our beings, at least the people who have been taking the pandemic seriously. And getting the vaccine is the first step towards lifting that weight. Obviously, it it, it doesn't um, change everything overnight. I'm not back out partying or anything like that. Not that I wasn't in the first place but it gives you this taste of what life was like before when you didn't have to be so cautious and so afraid every time you went outside. It's like seeing the light at the end of the tunnel that this nightmare could finally be over one day, that you can hug your friends and family again, that you could go go out to a movie or sit in the park or attend a concert without this ever-present reaper standing behind you breathing down your neck. It's, I, I, I've gone through a lot of things that make my body feel horrible. COVID vaccine is one of them. I would do it again in a heartbeat if it was twice as bad. I would suffer through the, those side effects for two weeks if that was what it took, because that's how worth it it is just to feel like things could be back to normal again.
0: Do you have any final thoughts about your work in the pharmacy? or the vaccine or anything that you kind of just wanna to say to wrap us up?
1: I'm a political science major. I study what the hell's going on nowadays, especially the polarization that's marked nearly every aspect of public life for the la- for most of my adult life. Even the, vac- the, like the vaccine and its rollout, if, you, if the coverage in the media is all just the same. You can see the same divisions, the same old bad actors, coming out to, to take what should be a, a, like a massive achievement in public health, the development of a vaccine that's more effective than we could have dreamed of on the best case time schedule. And it's, tur- it's been turned into just another piece of political theater stoking the same old divisions online. As someone on the front lines, Who's gotten the vaccine, who will be giving out the vaccine and administering it when it's available? As someone who's been giving prescriptions to people who are afraid, who are afraid for themselves and their families, who might be getting medication for a condition that makes them more vulnerable, or they might be getting medication to treat co- uh, the symptoms of COVID 19 itself. I don't see too much of that division in the real world. I haven't had someone come in and uh, dismiss the idea that the vaccine could be um, effective. I haven't had anyone quoting conspiracy theories. I haven't had anyone saying that COVID, isn't fa- that COVID is fake. The online world tends to amplify those voices. That's not unfamiliar to us, but in real life, when it comes down to it, people just want to feel safe again in public. They want all this nightmare to end. They, they trust us as healthcare providers. They trust their fellow citizens as people who are wearing masks and being careful. For, for once, they trust the government to and pharmaceutical corporations to get out these medications, um, this, vac- this vaccine, as best as they can. They're willing to forgive a lot just because any little bit helps. If you're giving the vaccine out, if you're giving out medications, if you're in line for either of those things, we're all in it together. And people for once actually recognize and abide by that in a way that I haven't seen before. It's a terrible circumstance to bring it out. It's not by any means a great solution or even something positive, but hey, it could be worse.
0: I think you summed that up really well, Evan, that as we're entering this stage of the pandemic, distributing the vaccines, it's obvious that we're all kind of looking forward to more normalcy, or heading forward into at least whatever the new normal is. That's as close to the old normal as possible, right? Everybody just wants to get their lives back. Everybody wants to be able to see their friends, see their family. So thanks so much for coming on Retrospect this week and talking to us about your vaccination and your experience in the healthcare industry. And thank you so much for talking with me today.
1: Of course, glad to be here.
0: This has been Retrospect. Thanks again to Evan for coming on the show today. As always, we hope this episode was informative and gave you a little bit more perspective on what it's like to get the coronavirus vaccine and the importance of doing so so we can hopefully get to the end of this pandemic. I'll be back once again next week, joined by Kate Galliford for the next episode of Retrospect. As always, make sure to stay safe and we'll be back with you again next week.